Conversations with D'Amico Ryan went well with the Houston Texans over the weekend. What does that mean for the potential head coaching hiring search for the Texans? And would you rather an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator for the Houston Texans moving forward? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match. Up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I am John Hickman, of course, joined by none other than Cody Davis. Over the weekend, D'Amico Ryan's had a long, hmm. uh, lengthy, very, very positive, <laughs> very positive conversation with the Houston Texans brass, the McNairs, Nick Casario. Um, and so that is the topic of the conversation right now. We're not going to beat around the bush. I think that let's go right into it, Cody. Uh, your thoughts with D'Amico, that news from D'Amico Ryans. I loved it. I love every bit of it. You know, both of us was told by a source that it was very lengthy, very long, and very productive. And I like that because first and foremost, it shows that the Houston Texans are actually doing real and genuine due diligence in his coaching search because that one little tidbit that we got um i believe it was friday right after their interview with D'Amico um ended what it was around like seven eight o'clock central time here which means it was like three or four o'clock over there on the west coast time but like i mentioned man i loved it because that's the first time that we actually heard that the houston texans coaching interview process went that well, so it showcased the fact that this is an organization, like I mentioned over the last two weeks, they are finally starting to get this franchise on the right path. And not only did you hear the, the news that it was very positive, very productive, but you also had formal teammates of the Miko Ryans showcasing their love and their support, hoping that he actually gets the job, i.e. the biggest one of them all. Um, J.J. Watt, he came out and gave um, D'Amico Ryans a big endorsement. And, John, I just think that this is very good news, especially given that early on in the week, you know, we heard, we started hearing rumors that when, when Sean Payton had his interview, he was feeling the dysfunction through the Zoom interview and all this other stuff. Like, we don't know what Sean Payton got going on. A lot of people feel like he's just trying to, you know, plant certain things to get the best deal possible but for not only himself but the New Orleans Saints. But when you take a look at a genuine head coaching candidate in D'Amico Ryans, and this is actually the second time that we heard this because I believe their first interview with Jonathan Gannon also went very good as well. Yeah, so I do want to kind of give an update on the positives from the head coaching search right now for the Houston Texans. We've heard good things from Jonathan Gannon. Um, in his interview, and and then, you know, on Friday night, got the confirmation that yeah, D'Amico Ryan's interview, and that was um, 
those discussions were lengthy, very, very. I, I like was told very, very <laughs> positive. And um, as of right now, it does look like it could be Demico Ryan's here in Houston, and I think that's a positive. And listen, I'm gonna tell you why I like that decision over Sean Payton. Not because we'll get into this coming up, but not because it's a defensive guy over an offensive guy, but you will get the same benefits of galvanizing your fan base without the hassle of losing out on valuable assets like you would with Sean Payton. Hmm. I think that's enough said. Um, again, the conversation once once D'Amico is announced, who will be his uh, – offensive coordinator, how will he put together this coaching staff? And I think that is going to be very interesting. I think that when you hear positive, lengthy, very, very positive, for me, ladies and gentlemen, listeners and viewers, that just spells the Texans are ready to hand over um, some of the – how can I put this? They're ready to allow a coach to do what a coach – wants to do in a new situation prior to um, the last two coaches before whoever it will be, and presumably right now it could be Demico Ryans. That wasn't the case. Hmm. There's a lot of picking here, a lot of picking, especially when we go back to David Cully. So I think that when we look at some of the positive takeaways, the first thing I can think of to myself is Demico Ryans will have full power and control of what he wants to do uh, here in Houston in terms of, uh, schemes in terms of coaching staff, in terms of uh, I'm pretty sure they had a conversation of who would he like to either draft or bring in for the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So that is just the update that we're providing you guys. Again, only so much that we can say here, but I will say this. If we look at this coaching search compared to the past two years, ladies and gentlemen, I think you will be uh, happy with what the Houston Texans are doing internally to make sure that they avoid the same mistakes over and over again. And that's getting right with the head coaching position. Now, Domingo Ryan's isn't a 100% lock-in. Mm-hmm. Things could change. Things change all the time. Um, but I will say this. It is in a positive state right now, and things are looking up for the Houston Texans. Really quick, before moving on, this just popped in my head, and I just want to play around with it a little bit. Are you going to say, what if J.J. Watt becomes a coach here? Not, coach not, not, not J.J., but I'm just saying, we what what's the what, – how, how close are we to getting a coaching staff? And I know it's not going to be the entire coaching staff, but how many of his former teammates are he actually going to say, you know what, come help me on the Texans coaching staff? And I'm one glad guy, you, I'm The glad one guy that, that. that came to my mind – was Andre Johnson. And I only say that because, you know, we have had an opportunity to talk to Johnson here and now over the over the last year or so. And this franchise has kind of fixed their relationship with a lot of notable and former players of the past. Because as we know, when you go back to the whole issue that took place with the whole Jack Easterby in the, in the decline of this franchise, a lot of the Texans' greats started to distance themselves away from the franchise. But about a year now, the relationship was starting to be fixed, especially with Andre Johnson. Uh, we saw him several times to our training camp, showed up a couple times to our practice. Last time we talked to him was a couple weeks ago when he became a finalist for the Hall of Fame class of 20, 2023. He definitely better make it this year. But 
Andre has said from time to time that he would like to come back and help this franchise. Uh, he even talked about the small possibility of becoming a coach. And I just think if D'Amico get hired, whether it's Andre Johnson, Aaron Foster, or whoever the case might be, I would not be surprised if he calls one or two, uh, one or two of his former players and say, you know what? Uh, come help me down in the city of Houston. Like, I, I think that'd home. be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't expect that from JJ. You know, JJ actually. But JJ just Twitter. retired. Come he, on. Yeah, he's just retired. He, Got he, a new he baby. also mentioned, you know, these coaches sacrifice so much for the game and it takes away from their, you know, outside personal lives with their family. And I think that when you look at JJ Watt, early in the year, we heard about him having to get a shock to his heart. Yeah, no. I think Ooh. for a player of that statue, and the, the type of player, the guy personal he is, person that he is, I think that he does want time to be with his family. I don't think he's ready to transition into a role to be a coach right now. Uh, but I, I do think that based off his tweet, he's not against it. It could happen, just not mm-hmm. now. Uh, Andre Johnson would be the guy, and, and maybe Jonathan <laughs> Joseph. I, I say this, Ben McDaniels mm. for the Houston Texans, who was the uh, wide receiver coach and the passing game coordinator. I believe that Unfair to him in the sense he hasn't had the best of talent to work with. Uh, but I can see if D'Amico comes in, he could possibly, you know, replace Ben McDaniels. And when, once a new coach comes in, he's gonna look at everybody on the coaching staff and mm-hmm. evaluate whether or not they wanna he want they want would like for him to stay in D'Amico Ryan's case if he would like that coach uh to stay. But I, I could see a situation where Ben McDaniels is out. And Andre Johnson is in if Andre is, you know, ready to commit to the Houston Texans as a coach. Uh, but I will say this. My personal belief is this should not be a situation where it's just welcoming, welcoming back Texans to the coaching staff. <laughs> D'Amico Ryans, if he becomes the, the next head coach for the Houston Texans, I want D'Amico Ryans to do what's truly best for D'Amico Ryans Mm -hmm. and not necessarily for the image of the Texans. So image wise, it would be great to have a a staff with, you know, three or four former players on the team, helping them out and things of that nature. But would that be best for D'Amico Ryans and his success? So that's where I'm at with it. Um, I know he has some guys that he's worked with and coached with that he trusts. I don't want this to be a let's revive the good old days for the Houston Mm. Texans. Guys, I want to motivate you to pick up your phone right now. Download the Prize Pick app. Uh, we opened up this show is sponsored by the Prize Pick. And listen, it's super easy, super fun, and it's an extra way that you can make some extra money. Like I said, pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people, it's you versus the projections available. Prospects also offers projections on any sport you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, and women's college basketball. They even got golf, disc golf, boxing, and Euro basketball. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prospect app 
or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. And don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there in the world. So before we talk about the Houston Texans, I want to take a moment of time to uh, one of our listeners, longtime listeners, Mitchell Bennett. Mm-hmm. His father passed. And I uh, just want to say, man, first and foremost, blessings to you. Rest in peace to your father. Uh, blessings to you and your family. Uh, we hope everything is – it's always hard to lose a loved one, but we do hope that the memories are able to kind of hold you over, man. Mitch would hit us up all the time on Facebook and uh, just let us know how how much him and his father uh, really enjoyed the show. Um, it, it, and, and, you know, it's kind of funny because they would, you know, he would, you know, let us know about his frustrations with the Texans. <laughs> but Mitch was just always in terms of like hitting us up on social media, always in a, a good space and a good a, a, a good mood about the Houston Texans. And his dad actually was a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. And so, you know, being around to see that story franchise for as long as he did. And then his son being a Texan fan, I'm pretty sure that between that, uh, and that just being your dad, Mitch, you know, you guys had a great opportunity to bond over sports and talk trash to each other. So uh, rest in peace to your dad, man. Today's show is dedicated to him. And, um, yeah, man, blessings and, and, and peace to you, you and your family. Let's talk about the Houston Texans, man. Let's talk about the preference. This, this, this conversation probably should have been had, you know, a couple of, couple of shows ago, but – Cody, when we look at the landscape of the coaching search right now for the Houston Texans, D'Amico Ryan's an off, a defensive guy, Shane Steichen, an offensive guy, Mike Kafka, an offensive guy, Jonathan Gannon, a defensive guy, Ben Johnson was an offensive guy, but he would draw his name, withdrawing his name, went back to Detroit. You know, I think it's interesting to see whether or not Houston should prioritize or prefer rather an offensive guy over a defensive guy or vice versa. Um, I kind of hate having this conversation now, especially at the time of this recording. It seems like D'Amico Ryans is at the forefront of the head coaching search as of right now. And of course, as you guys know, he is a defensive minded coach. However, um, if I had to pick, I would say that it might be in the Texans' best interest to still go after an offensive-minded coach. And I say that because when you take a look at the Houston Texans over the last two seasons, they was, if not one of the worst, the worst team in the league. Um, I think we can all agree that there was at least more talent on the defensive side of the ball. And there were several times where we came on this show over the last two seasons where um, we – thought to ourselves how much the offense had let the defensive side of the ball down because the defense came out and held their side of the bargain. But every time the offense, the offense got into the game, it was three and out, three and out, three and out. The next thing you know, you look up and you're, you're down, what, 22 to three. And there were several times throughout this season and last season to where – 
the Houston Texans offense will only generate a couple field goals until the fourth quarter. Then they finally put points on the board. But at this time, the opposite team has already taken out damn near all of their starters. So when I take a look at the Houston Texans in 2022, you're looking at an offense that ranked 31st in points per game with 17. There was 31st in total yards, averaging 283 yards a game. And even though the backfield was a hell of a lot better with Damian Pierce, in those, what, last four to five games without Damian Pierce, the Houston Texans' backfield regressed to averaging somewhere in the ballpark to 60 to 80 yards per game, which was once again bottom of the league. And when you take a look at the Houston Texans' defense, yes, I know Lovey Smith wasn't the best defensive coordinator, and then later on wasn't the best head coach and defensive coordinator, but at the same time, even though he did not create a defensive scheme that was catered to a lot of his um, best defensive players' attributes, i.e. Derek Stingley, they still went out there and held their end of the bargain. However, on the opposite side, when you, when you take a look at the opposite side of the line of scrimmage in terms of this offense, and look, don't get me wrong, I know a lot of this had to do with the inabilities of Davis Mills, especially this past year. However, I still feel like the Houston Texans, with the talent that they had, even with Davis Mill under center, it could have been better had they had better play calling and better coaching. Yeah, Cody, I, I don't have much to say. I'm going to piggyback off that just a little bit. I, I think everything you said is 100% facts, right? You can't dispute it. You can't dispute the vanilla play calling. You can't dispute the – and at times the quarterback play was just god-awful. But <laughs> Kyle Allen, um, I throw his name in there too. Kyle Allen, uh, Davis Mills, you know, before the benching where it just seems like he was lost and lost a lot of confidence. Um, it, it didn't It didn't seem like – Anything that was flashed during Tim Kelly's days didn't mm -hmm. progress under Pep Hamilton's days, and 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 that goes, you know, back to offensive coordinator as well. So uh, I 100% I agree. I think Houston should have prioritized and preferred an offensive guy over a defensive guy, simply because I think that. If you evaluate the roster right now, and of course the draft is coming up, free agency is coming up, so you're going to make changes. But if you evaluate what the Houston Texans have right now compared to on the offensive side or the defensive side, defense is in a much better place. <laughs> Offense is where you look at it and it's like there's been several games. I can go back to the Chicago game. I can go directly back to the Broncos game. And a couple other games throughout the year where you look at this offense and you ask yourself, did you guys even show up to play football today? And I think that that's because, of course, the lack of talent, but just the lack of creativity within that offense to get guys into situations where they can thrive. I don't think that this offense during the year consistently played to the strengths of the players that they had out on the field hmm. during the Sunday or, or Thursday or Saturday matchup. So, um, I, again, I was huge on Ben Johnson. I thought that Ben Johnson, in terms of, of a offensive mind and a play caller, was the way to go. Uh, but he's back in Detroit, and that's why I ask myself, you know, when it is D'Amico, if it is D'Amico, if it is Gannon, you know, the top two candidates, who will they bring with them to hmm. get the most out of the players that will be on this roster? that underperform and 
the guys that's, that's going to come in. So that's the question. I'm, I would have chose offense over defense, but, you know, as of right now, the top two candidates are defensive guys. And I believe that there is a plan in place during these lengthy and positive conversations where there's an understanding of who that defensive-minded coach that will be head coach will bring in to coach the offense. The NFL playoffs are here, and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you are new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Locked On. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlays. On all apps that are safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. On Saturday night, we had the battle of the potential <laughs> head coaches for mm. the Houston Texans on both sides of the ball, talking about the New York Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. And by halftime, I'm going to be honest with you, it looked like Mike Kafka and the Giants needed to go ahead and pass the sticks. <laughs> they got house, man. You got, you, you got Shane Steichen, you had Jonathan Gannon, you got Mike Kafka in that game. And uh, I saw the funniest tweet, man. It was just like Mike Kafka so ready for the Houston Texans job, he forgot about his current job. <laughs> um, But I was impressed by – Philly's offense. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Philly's offense is full of talent, right? From the quarterback position. Say what you want to say about Jaden Hurts, but Jaden Hurts has hmm. continuously improved on uh, some of the things when he came into the league were negative knocks against him. Um, you look at the Philadelphia Eagles front office and Howie Roseman, man, who I think should be strongly considered for GM of the year, you know, making that trade to get A.J. Brown and some of the things that he was able to do with putting that roster together, um, made the trade with the Saints to get C.J. over there in Philly. I know you hurt, hurt right now, Cody. But when it came down to it, man, offensively, that team just looked like they were in sync and that they had a game plan established for their division rivals in the New York Giants. And I was thoroughly impressed. If something happens and, and, and Shane Steichen doesn't go to where it is presumed he will be going, and, and that's for another conversation, but it ain't Texans. But if something happens and Houston swoops in and, you know, they can make a strong impression on him on you're going to get a new quarterback here, everything that you want to lay that groundwork on for that offense, you can do it here. I would be – I think that would be a step in the right direction as well for this team. Um, 
I got to go with Jonathan Gannon. You know, no, I'm not saying that because he was my top candidate last year and possibly my second best candidate this year. But I mean, John, over the last couple of weeks, man, we have been talking a lot about how Mike helped improve this Giants offense. Once again, this is a team that that averaged 15 and a half points last season. This year, they averaged 21 and a half points. They went from 24 touchdowns this, last season to 40 touchdowns this year. You saw the improvements that this Giants offense made this season with Mike being the offensive coordinator. And the Philadelphia Eagles defense held them to seven points. There was times where I thought to myself, is this the New York Giants from, from 2021 or is this the same Giants team that went on to win 10 games in 2022? Like, I just feel like if the Texans have an opportunity to get their hands on either Jonathan Gannon or D'Amico Ryans, I do believe that we're going to see the Texans defense take a giant leap forward. Because like we mentioned in the last segment, like, the defense has talent. Like, they have at least solid talent as of right now. However, the biggest issue is going to be who's going to take the hand as their, not only their offensive coordinator, but their primary play caller on the offensive side of the ball. So, once again, man, I was I was really impressed by Jonathan Gannon. By the way, I think that the Houston Texans probably was looking at this game as well, you know, thinking to themselves, either Mike or Gannon. Yeah, I think Jonathan got this one in the bag. <laughs> I got some good, some good <laughs> candidates out there, man. Mm. Uh, th- this entire week, Cody, do we expect before we get out of here? Do we expect a name to be named? Uh, you know, a candidate to be named to be the next Houston Texans head coach, or considering Gannon is still in the playoffs. D'Amico is still in the playoffs. At the time of this recording. recording. <laughs> and I, I hope I hope he stays in the playoffs. Yeah, oh, my man. God, I hope. I, I need another Dallas heartbreak. <laughs> um, but is this the week? Or for Houston, does it make more sense to continue to wait it out, make sure that all of the details are ironed out? There isn't a last-minute swoop in where we couldn't get the guy we really want, so we have to settle for somebody else's situation two years in a row. Is Houston holding off this this week, or is this the week for the head coach to be named? Uh, I think it's best for them just to continue holding off because you're not in a rush. I think the only head coach who might be hired this year, if I had to bet on it, uh, well, this week, as a matter of fact, if I had to bet on it, uh, might be Sean Payton, but it seems like he he's in his own little dimension, in his own little world. But as for the Houston Texans side of things, especially considering that your top two candidates at the time of this recording are still in the playoffs, when you take a look at what, jo- what Jonathan Gannon was able to do against the Giants, who knows, Demico Ryans might go out there and create an Escalate excellent defensive scheme and send the Cowboys home this week. And then you basically got to weigh your options once again. Okay, which defensive coordinator is going to step up to the plate once again? Um, look, the Texans, they 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 should not be in a rush. Um, this is by far one of, if not the most important offseason in this franchise's history. Um, some things already look like it's going to be an easy choice, i.e. the draft. Either you have your 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 choice of Bryce or or um, CJ, whoever's still there at number two. But some of these situations, some of these circumstances, they really got to take their time on. And one of them, if not the most important factor, is 
who is going to be your next head coach? As you mentioned, is it going to be somebody like Jonathan Gannon, um, D'Amico Rhines, two candidates that basically went out there and put on a damn good interview? Or you're going to go back to your foolish ways, and next thing you know, we're sitting here with another, no disrespect, David Cully, Lovey Smith situation for the third year in a row. I don't think that will happen. I don't think so either. So, and I do want to put the rest of, you know, that's that's been a conversation between a lot of people. The Texans are going to get it <laughs> wrong again. I don't think they're going to get it wrong. I don't. So, um, we'll, we'll continue to cover the Houston Texans each and every day. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked on Texas podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Texans. Follow me on Twitter. And y'all been doing a good job, man. The last couple of mm. days, man. I mean, you know, the sheriff of Houston. Sheriff um of, of the of the sheriff department Gonzalez has uh he followed me on Twitter the other day, man. <laughs> and uh I thought that was pretty dope, man. You know, uh Ed Gonzalez serving at you know Harris County Sheriff Department. So that was dope. But follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. But make sure you are subscribing to the Locked On Texans page on YouTube. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.